This is Indian Noir. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 15 of Fear FM. Anjali felt Deepa's tight squeeze on her hands as they walked abreast towards the waiting arms of the Lalchadel. A demonic smile was plastered across her face. The beautiful and the disfigured sides of her face pulsed with the thrill of the upcoming kill. Worms crawled underneath her flesh in delirious patterns of joy. Yes, yes, come on my children, come to me. <laughs> she said Suddenly the two women heard Baba's loud and feverish chanting and a powerful gust of wind rushed into the cavern threatening to unbalance them The two women turned around to see the injured Baba sitting up both his hands raised in the air lips moving rapidly as he hurled powerful mantras at his enemy A golden rope served through the roaring gust. It writhed like a snake as it headed for the Lalchadel, who was utterly shocked by this new development. A rotten face now wore a mask of surprise. The golden restraint wrapped itself around the demon in the blink of an eye. "No! No!" she screamed. It bound her tightly, squeezing her vile form harder every time she tried to bite or claw at it. Her screams grew louder as she fought to escape her prison. Ah, I don't know if it will hold her there forever. You must escape, the Baba said. I will try to destroy her, and if that is not possible, imprison her in this underground tomb. Either way, I must be present to see it through. You must go. The Baba said. Deepa, get the kids out of here. Anjali said to her friend. She then proceeded to lift Dhruman Baba up from the floor. Nobody gets left behind. No one is sacrificing their lives today. She said. The strict fitness regime that Anjali followed as a policewoman came in handy as she draped one of Baba's arms around her shoulder. She placed her own hand on his back and guided him out of the cavern. No child, I must stop her. Also, I am in no condition, the Baba said. But Anjali ignored his protestations. They both glanced back at the Lalchadel. who was now shouting curses at her former teacher as the rope dug deep channels into her decaying form extracting green pus and pitch black rivulets of blood worms spurted out from her ears and nostrils the more the demon fought the rope the tighter it wound around her i have to give it to you baba That was a great trick. I think you have given her the death she deserves. 
Anjali said as she continued escorting Dhruman Baba. You don't know how powerful she is, the Baba said. The gang of five trundled through a tunnel which opened up to a huge cavern decorated with stalagmites and stalactites. Spear-shaped rocky formations that grew on the floor or ceilings of ancient caves. In some parts of the cave, the two structures had met in the middle to form rocky columns that looked like reedy melted candles. I must rest for a few moments before I can conjure a portal to take us away from here, the Baba said. The more people I have to transport through the veil of reality, the more magic I need he said. Deepa's brows furrowed. She wasn't sure the Baba was in any shape to tap into his powers. The wound in his belly still leaked fresh blood. Anjali sat him down and propped him against a rock. The screams of the Lalchudel, which had previously echoed through the cave, died down. Is she dead? Nimisha asked. I think so. Deba said abruptly. Then a moment later, she corrected herself. Um, I would like to think so. Druman Baba groaned as he adjusted his seating position. He closed his eyes and brought both his hands to his chest to form an Ang Mudra. He uttered a prayer which was punctuated with praises for the eternal power of Shiva and Shakti. Deepa, Anjali and the two girls joined in on the prayers, even as they glanced around nervously. They prayed for their safety. They prayed for the revival of Baba's powers. They prayed. They prayed. But clearly, their prayers failed to penetrate the walls of the cave and reach the divine powers beyond. <laughs> <laughs> the group slowly turned around to find the Lalchudale cackling at them. Her naked wounded form was ravaged by bleeding rope marks. Her face was carved open in places to reveal decayed flesh and white mold, like the inside of a fruit left out in summer for too long. Her tarnished skin was the domain of a thousand squirming creatures from the depths of Patala. Druman Baba rose up slowly and staggered forward to join the group of women. I know what I must do, he said with an earshot of both Anjali and Deepa. I was agonizing over the fact that I had failed to protect one dear daughter. But now, I get to save four daughters, Dhruman Baba said with a satisfied smile. He made it a point to touch each of his wards on their shoulders as he speared to the front to face the Lalchudel. Good, <laughs> the Lalchudel said. Now you can all die together. Deepa was suddenly filled with a rage born of desperation and hatred, and she rushed at the demon. 
The Lalchadale raised one finger on her left hand and made a slashing motion, the tips of her finger glowing with an unearthly blue light. An angry red slash appeared across Deepa's right hand and the part below her elbow was torn away. The severed limb landed with a thud on the floor and rolled for some distance before coming to a permanent rest. The Lalchadale made a fist with both her hands and raised her eyes to the ceiling. The rock ceiling cracked and tiny rocks and powdery soil rained down on the terrified group of women. The demon's intentions were clear. She would bring the sharp arrow tips of the rock formation that dripped down from the ceiling onto the humans. Once they were incapacitated, she would liberally tear into their mortal flesh and take what she wanted. Deepa and Anjali would gift her their sacred connection which would help her restore her form. Then, when she was beautiful again, she would move on to the others. She would take special pleasure in disfiguring Druman Baba. She would bite off his nose, poke holes in the flesh of his cheeks, scoop out his eyes, drape his intestine around her and dance in the darkness while she laughed and laughed. She had something special planned for the two young girls. She would transform them into her blind acolytes, eyeless slaves who would help her in her rituals as she ascended the ranks of mages in the halls of Lord Varaha, as the greatest tantrika in the world. Druman Baba moved forward. He drew the shape of a yantra made of intersecting stars in the air his fingers tearing fiery lines into the fabric of reality. You know what your problem is, child. You never learn from your mistakes because you're too arrogant. The Mahavidya ritual doesn't just help you extract your soul from the depths of Naraga. It also opens a portal to it. You know this. Your face and your form was the reward for previously toying with things you did not understand. But now, you have opened the gates to your doom of your own volition, and I will atone for my sins by walking you through it, Thurman Baba said. The Lalchadale stopped using her psychic energy to bring down the roof of the cave. A look of absolute horror was smeared across her face. What are you doing? She barked. Druman Baba clapped three times, as a darkness beyond darkness, an oval filled with rippling currents of an ocean in the pitch black of night, formed underneath her. Druman Baba leapt forward, screaming with anger, and dragged the monster down with him into the portal that tunneled down into the depths of Naraga. His tight embrace was met with furious attempts to escape as they began their descent. The Lalchudel screeched and clawed at his face and his back and his shoulders, tearing away huge chunks of flesh. Druman Baba gave Anjali, Deepa and the two girls one last look. Only his eyes were intact on his bloody, ruined face, and they were filled with the joy of knowing 
that he had done the right thing. The borders of the portal merged like two dark bodies of water coming together to seal a great rift in time and space. One last scream of hatred from the Larchdale escaped through the magical seal and echoed through the chambers of the cave system. If you listened closely, you could hear the triumphant cries of the Larchdale's former victims enmeshed in the horrible waveform of that sound. Anjali and Deepa nervously waited in front of the wooden door of a seventh-floor suburban apartment. They glanced at each other and felt the same sense of surprise and gratitude they had felt every single day of the last few months. Surprised that they had survived a dangerous ordeal together. Grateful that they were able to save at least two other lives from the clutches of a vile demon. They were mostly unscathed by the encounter. Well, mostly. Deepa stroked the bandaged stump of her right limb. It still throbbed and ached. The mental scars both Anjali and Deepa bore would sting and burn for longer. Anjali placed an understanding hand on Deepa's shoulder. A woman in her mid-fifties opened the door. There was a nobility to her face. Her greying hair and her fiercely intelligent eyes exuded great wisdom. The big red bindi on her forehead had an om symbol in the middle of it. She wore a bright blue sari with slashes of silk embroidery that complemented her natural beauty. Ma'am, I'm Anjali and this is my friend Deepa. We spoke on the phone. Anjali said. I guessed as much. Namaste. I am Ekta, the woman said with folded hands. Ektaji lovingly invited them to her home, which was decorated with teak furniture and velvet cushions. Stunning murals depicting tales from Indian mythology decorated the walls of the house. Let's have some chai, Ektaji said. Anjali and Deepa were struck by Ektaji's presence and effortless charisma as they conversed about their health and their current situation. It was like speaking to a human being who was a combination of a loving mother and a learned sadhu. Ektaji's tone oozed warmth and concern and a genuine sense of curiosity. Anjali and Deepa briefed Ektaji about their encounters with the Larchdale all the way up to the final encounter. Then, a maid arrived with a smile and cups of tea. And when she left, the conversation turned to Dhruman Baba's final moments. You were with him when? Iktaji said with great sadness. Her visitors proceeded to tell her how Dhruman Baba had sacrificed himself. Iktaji sat listening in silence. She occasionally wiped teardrops that escaped the corners of her eyes. Narrating their experiences was equally overwhelming for Deepa and Anjali. They too cried in the course of the telling of the tale. That's him. That's the Dhruman Baba I knew, Ekthaji said, 
finally lifting her cup of tea up to her lips. Deepa and Anjali then proceeded to tell her about their adventurous escape from the bowels of the cave system. Looking for an entrance in the darkness, struggling against the ticking clock that was the blood loss from Deepa's bandaged, wounded arm. We got lucky. God was watching over us. Deepa said, reminiscing about how they emerged into the sunlight. She remembered very little of the chopper ride to the hospital afterwards, but she clearly remembered exiting the mouth of a tiny cave and stepping onto the grassy floor of the Narakaranya forest. Sunlight had greeted her like the warm embrace of a lover. The sounds of nature acted like a balm, soothing her scarred mind filled with the screams of the Lal Chudail and the sight of grotesque cocoons bearing the bodies of dead and disfigured teenage girls. Both of you did well. I am so proud of you. Facing up to a monster like that is no small feat. Ektaji said, And thank you for sharing the story with me. I know this is not easy for you. Ektaji said, We wouldn't be here had it not been for Babaji, Deepa said. Anjali nodded in agreement, sorrow writ large on her face. Me neither, Ektaji said. One more thing, Anjali said. She pulled out a folded sheet of paper from her cloth bag. It looked like a greeting card made by a child. The paper was from an old ruled notebook and there was a crude crayon drawing of a bearded man attacking what looked like a two-headed demon on the front of it. Inside the greeting card was the dried remains of a daisy flower. Um, Drumanbaba's assistants who were cleaning up the ashram after his demise asked me to give this to you. The person who gave it to me said, it should be with you now, Anjali said. Oh, yes, that must be Nandalal. I know him, Ektaji said, as she accepted the card. Ektaji held it in her hands gently. She looked at the front page illustration with a mixture of disgust and fondness. She opened the card and stroked the facing page with the floral adornment. A smile lit up her face, which soon turned into an uncontrollable sob. Her tears fell on the old parchment like rain. Anjali and Deepa got up from their seat and placed themselves on either side of Ekthaji. They gently stroked her back. Ekthaji wiped her tears away, and embraced both of them. Thanks for this, girls. Thank you. It means so much. They spoke like long-lost friends for many more hours, learning more about Ektaji's history as an occult practitioner, a banisher of demons, and as a mother and a wife. When it was time to go, Deepa, who had just exited the door to the apartment, 
turned around and said to Ekdaji, I hope one day we will banish all these hellish creations from the face of the earth forever. There is always hope, my child, as long as there are people willing to fight back against the darkness, Ekdaji said. <laughs>